Oh boy, welcome to another edition of Film Seizure at the Movies. I'm Jeff Harbuckle. This time around, I'm going to talk about the new horror film from James Wan, Malignant. Now before I do, remember to follow Film Seizure on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. All of those places you'll find us by simply searching for Film Seizure. New episodes of the Film Seizure podcast with myself, Jason Oliver, and Chuck Moore drop each Wednesday morning. New episodes of my show, Monster Mondays, are available each Monday afternoon. So if you just go to filmseizure.com, you'll see all of the places in which you can subscribe to the show and get all of those things delivered to you directly. So, all right, James Wan. Now, I believe he's a guy who, for better or worse, uh, doesn't quite get the outpouring of credit that he really kind of deserves for modern horror. Uh, Jordan Peele, sure, he's created a whole new horror game for black folks and what have you. But James Wan has kind of twice shaped 21st century horror. The first time was after he made Saw in 2004. And that launched the whole concept of visceral, almost exploitation level horror uh, in the mainstream. Then he spent the 2010s doing more ghostly and supernatural horror with Insidious before kind of translating that into the hugely popular Conjuring franchise. Um, and he's been mostly involved with horror in his 20 years, uh, which is kind of funny because I'm not a huge fan of the type of horror that he produces. I've only ever seen the first Conjuring. I thought that the first two acts of that were just fine. The final act is where it kind of lost me. Um, I'm also very careful with that series because I don't want to kind of propagate this kind of heroic nature of our two main characters that um, the Warrens who became uh, pretty well known for being... Um, very, very, very much likely um, grifters in in the supernatural world. So I don't really, uh, I don't really go for that. Um, but he's also uh, kind of tied up in the huge money making franchises, like the DC films with Aquaman, which I kind of thought was kind of boring too. And the sequel to that that's due next year. Uh, he took over for Justin Lin on the Fast and Furious franchise with Furious 7, which uh, had the en enviable task to uh, complete the movie after Paul Walker's untimely death. So clearly the guy can handle different types of subject matter, but he's mostly stuck with horror in his 20 years in filmmaking. In Malignant, Juan is, again, kind of seemingly working from the supernatural spooks and unexplained power of evil type of stuff. After a somewhat hilariously chaotic scene at some secret research facility that would fit right in somewhere just outside of Gotham City, we meet Madison Mitchell, and she's played by Annabelle Wallace. And she's been in a ton of things, but nothing I actually recognize her for. Uh, what's funny is that I find Wallace to be incredibly recognizable. Like, I feel like I've seen her and a lot, but I've not seen anything that she's actually been in. It's funny how that kind of works out. But anyway, um, 
she drives home in a beat up station wagon um, and she's also pregnant. Now, she's come home sick from pains from her pregnancy to find her drunken dick of a husband seemingly irritated that she's one home early and two pregnant again. I don't know where he's been these last few months, uh, but it seems that she's had multiple pregnancies go awry, but she keeps trying to get pregnant well he gets mad at her and bashes her head on the wall now that night something kind of ghostly very fast and very strong attacks and kills him and forces madison to fall and hit her head again uh the investigating cops who answer the domestic disturbance call and by the way there are a lot of cops who show up on this domestic disturbance call but they're baffled by the scene that they find maddie wakes up in the hospital um with uh, i believe it's her sister or well we find out it's her adopted sister sydney and discovers that her baby has died yet again Maddie is brought home two weeks later and almost immediately begins experiencing strange occurrences in and around her house. It usually starts with electrical issues, and this launches the more twisty, turny tale of Madison's actual birth parent and the, this kind of creature's revenge plot against the doctor that we saw at the beginning of the movie. And I don't really want to give away too much about this movie, but I can talk about some of the things that did or didn't work for me. First of all, this movie is kind of very well produced. It's got a look and feel that has at least a big budget feel to it. There are shots in this movie that follow Madison around her house and it's shot from above as if we're looking down from the ceiling. Uh, no walls. It's very tall walls, if nothing else. Um, and it's actually um, kind of makes a lot of sense when we see how our monster Gabriel works. We also see how Madison can witness the creature's kills and how it melts the room around her, transporting her to where the murders are happening. It's clever. I'm always up for well-constructed shots that keep the movie moving in unusual ways. However, the movie is almost two hours long to incorporate a police procedural that very much bogs the movie down. There's a quirky, lovelorn CSI girl who likes our main guy detective. That doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, the main cop has a crush on Maddie's sister. Uh, that maybe goes somewhere. I don't know. Uh, his partner is a smart-talking lady. Uh, it's kind of like CBS made this horror movie. And if they added a laugh track to a couple of these characters, Chuck Lorre could absolutely sue and would probably win the case for uh, something being stolen from him. Now, I'm all for bringing in the idea of the real world to help investigate the happenings of this movie. But it's too much. Uh, this never feels like a movie that makes it appropriate to have an episode of SWAT take up half the runtime. There's enough with the monster that looks like he has a literal malignant cancer for a head. The creepy family secret with an imaginary friend who really isn't all that imaginary. And the kills and the psychic connection. It really doesn't need the police part. Yet, the pacing is too fast as well uh the movie is both a, a slow burn and a really peppy kind of movie by introducing the monster quickly and connecting maddie to gabriel in his subsequent attacks uh so if we cut out the the cancer of the cop 
part of the story. You see what I did there? Uh, the movie is maybe like, I don't know, 60 minutes. So what do you do for the 20 or 30 more minutes? We put the cop stuff back in. Now it's too long. But there's this revenge plot, too. It's just an odd movie that doesn't quite fit anything quite right. Uh, there are definitely cool things. There are neat shots. And yes, the characters are fun and interesting, if not all entirely necessary. But I don't know what this movie is trying to be. It, it wants it wants it so many different ways by having the James Wan style supernatural being uh, something of a slasher killer, but also has this kind of Alex cross mystery thriller involved. What is this movie? Well, what it is, is absolutely a mixed bag for the first two acts. More on that here in a moment, but the trailer did not sell this movie well at all. I don't want to compare to other reviews, but I'm actually surprised this movie has you know, has as good of reviews as it does. I can definitely give this movie a lot of high marks on the production, the camera work, and the slick atmosphere. But it's really disjointed and a hard pill to swallow for the entire 111-minute runtime with nothing to really say a lot of really good horror movies will have something to say about mental illness or human nature or the unmistakable bond between twins this has all the possible opportunities to do this but does nothing at all and oh i am kind of lying because then the third act happens it does do some things there is literally a sequence in which Maddie is put in jail for the murders that are happening because, of course, the police procedural immediately pegs her as the killer. Uh, while she is there, her sister and her adopted, well, I guess her adopted sister and mother are watching videotapes tapes from her time at Arkham Asylum. And I don't know what else to call it. It looks like a arkham asylum and batman comics uh when they start oh by the way i should say these tapes that they found her sister finds immediately in the basement she goes to the exact right box and pulls out the exact right tapes to tell them what's going on it's amazing but when they start learning more about maddie the mom calls the doctors quote lying cock knockers and that's just the tip of the funny iceberg that broke my brain uh meanwhile Maddie is getting picked on in the holding cell by a stereotypical lesbian and a stereotypical blacks, a seventies black hooker. Then, <laughs> then we see the reveal of the real monster. And then shortly after that, it devolves into the matrix. I haven't laughed this hard at a movie in a long time. And thank you for that. Mr. Juan. I guess that's what this movie wanted to be i mean this movie is unbelievably bad and it's kind of stunning how it achieves what it does in a single act the first two acts are uneven sure but it wasn't laughable the final act is wow i mean i simply cannot believe anyone working on this movie looked at this idea and thought you know what this is perfect you sir are a fucking genius this is the type of movie that only comes along once in a blue moon. It feels almost like an Italian movie, you know, like the those really utterly bonkers ones from the 80s. That's the level of just utter insanity that we're working with here. And there is so much I could say about this movie that I just can't for the sake of you need to see this shit to believe it. 
some people are going to legitimately like what happens here and the movie's balls to be this. Some are going to avoid this movie from the get-go because they've heard bad things. Some are going to be convinced to like it because they know this movie does something completely insane out of the goddamn blue. I'm really glad I only noticed the Rotten Tomatoes score was fair in the high 70s, and I didn't do anything else until I actually saw the movie. It's kind of Cat's level on in terms of how gloriously bad this movie is. And with that, I think I should now leave it up entirely to you good folks on whatever, on whether or not you uh, want to take the chance uh, to watch this on HBO Max or actually pay to go see it in a theater. Uh, I'm going to bring this review in for a landing by reminding you all that new episodes of the Film Seizure podcast come out every Wednesday morning. New Monster Mondays with yours truly is each Monday. Both can be found at filmseizure.com, and you can also uh, go uh, there to find all, you know, all the different sites that you can find and follow our show. In addition, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to follow us by searching for Film Seizure. So until next time, don't forget to save me the aisle seat. <laughs>